This 100th episode of The Harmonious Gentleman is once again brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, makers of Central Alberta's finest and tastiest craft beer. Say hi to everyone because they are all just fantastic. Well, if podcast episodes were the number of wooded acres that Winnie the Pooh, Christopher Robin, and all their <laughs> friends hung around and had adventures in, you'd know this has to be episode 100 oh of The Harmonious Gentleman. That's a really good intro. Thank you, nice Tyler. Day. It took you 100 tries, but you finally nailed <laughs> it. Nailed it. <laughs> With everybody's favorite Milne characters. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah and I, I figured it out within like 10 seconds of your, your speech. <laughs> oh, yeah? so okay. That was nice. That might have been a record. Well, you, yeah. every, the listener probably knows that numbers are pretty important to us. Yeah. Because we talk about the number of the episode every time. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a trend that's going to end in the second century. But 100 is a big mm-hmm. number. And it's kind of neat to be able to be recording episode 100 with you guys. I'm Graham, and I'm really proud of you guys. Yeah. For 100. Good job. I'm Chris, and I received that. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm Tyler. I observed that. <laughs> and uh, I also... Yeah, resonate. I feel good about it. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. So we're at Blind Man, of course, mm-hmm. and we're hoping to see people. We have like a merch thing set up. This isn't live, so I can't announce to right. show up. Come on upstairs. But yeah. hopefully you were able to come and get a hat and a sticker and say hello. Um, but thank you to Hans once again for continuing to sponsor and host us. And for the following year, he's also they're also a sponsor again. Yeah. yeah we yeah. should also say happy anniversary. Yeah. Like we're here today. To celebrate our hundredth episode, but also their eighth anniversary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, which is unbelievable to me that there are eight years. Yeah. Already. Time flies. Yeah. And we have a very special guest who has come bearing gifts mm-hmm. uh, from Calgary all the way to Lacombe to meet us. Yeah. John is here. Hi, John. Hey, Chris. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We're gonna do a really official introduction right after the break, probably. Yeah. Not really any official feedback. Let's just maybe jump right into episode 100. What do you think? I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Can't wait. This segment is brought to you by the King's University in Edmonton, Alberta, offering an exceptional liberal arts education from a Christian perspective. Make a difference and bring renewal in every walk of life. The King's University, bright hope for tomorrow. But before we get to the break, I think we should acknowledge the new ads you're going to hear. We've got yes. a new uh, kind of team of sponsors for yeah. the upcoming season, I guess you could call it. Yeah, the next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. another year of, of podcasting. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Blind Man Brewing back again. Thanks, Blind Man. I mean, the OG. Yeah, the OG sponsor. And they've been, I mean, helping us out since the beginning. And we've got Cilantro and Chive returning. Yeah. Um, Which I'll also, just keep going there as long as they're here. I yeah. love it. Oh, yeah, man. fantastic. We're so grateful for them. Yeah. Pretty cool um, to have some new people jump on board. Yes. Yeah. Two new sponsors. Um, well, first, maybe we should thank the ones that we had last year. Yeah. Uh, 5024 yeah. was a great sponsor. We still love what they're doing. Yeah. Um, thanks Check. to them. Check them out in Lacombe. Go there. They're, they're an awesome place. Spencer yeah. will make you a good Americano and sell you some shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this year, we've got Veldheisen Construction. Yeah supporting us and Wonderful. i mean if you need a house well you, you'll hear the ad yeah but also like they build homes beautiful great people to work with yeah um and then the king's university mm-hmm. in edmonton that's so, big that's pretty cool that's really cool yeah yeah and i a, wonder if they would be open for us to record a podcast there oh yeah for sure and like i yeah um there's still some i think we've talked about it lots maybe not on on air but there are a number of professors there that i would love to have have on as prof- oh on as the guest, like professors right. that have on not as on a professor at, like i got a, you yeah i've never been to the campus there i've never been there at all i'd love to go check it yeah, out maybe another road trip episode okay well thank you that's awesome so four sponsors this year wow that's pretty cool yeah. we're gonna need yeah. to lengthen the podcast is that right uh maybe yeah or shorten it <laughs> and just make it better <laughs> okay yeah okay cool well thanks to those folks and uh now we'll hit a break with some recommendations coming up. This segment is brought to you by Cilantro and Chive. Cooking up delicious and creative dishes, serving a huge variety of locally crafted beers and cocktails, and working hard to build community in central Alberta. 
You know, guys, sometimes when you're just sitting around in Blind Man with your friends around a table on chairs with your buddies and friends and a guest and your friends and buddies, all you want to do with those friends and buddies and guests is to recommend something to everyone who listens to the podcast after 100 episodes. And if that's you, wow. Uh, my recommendation is very self-serving, very vain, but I'm really proud of it. Um, our band, The Fallow Years, has our own beer. You have it, a band? Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> Ty. Um, we have a new EP called Summer. Thanks for asking, Ty. Um, yeah, Red Heart, who, who's not a sponsor, but we, we, we love Red Heart, of course. Mm-hmm. Put out a beer called The Fallow Years Lager, and it's got our pictures on the can, and it's just like a one-run thing, so it should be available still when you hear this, but it's really cool. And I'm really proud of it. And it's really good. And it's good beer. Okay. Yeah. It's tasty. It's tasty. I've had people come up to me at the school I work at and say, hey, I drank from your face today. And I'm like, I don't know you, but I'm glad you did that. Yeah. So do you give it out as prizes, like in your class? Like, no, I don't do that. It's not that kind of school. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, check it out. I read Heart. And then I think there's a few liquor stores that have it. I don't really know oh, where. Neat. I know we got some at LA Liquor in the Colm the other day, but anyway, cool. Cool. Your own proud face of that. on a can. Be cool if the podcast got that one day. Yeah. Yeah. Would be good. Shout out to Hanson. <laughs> I'm going to recommend, um, maybe this is a little hard to recommend because it's more of the idea of people solving small problems. So some people will complain or quit. Other people look at an issue and say, I can do a better job of that. Today I was building a balloon arch and I've built a balloon arch before by gluing balloons together. It never works out. But somebody had the foresight to create this little strip with star-shaped holes that you punch an inflated balloon's like knot through, mm-hmm. and then it holds them all together in a perfect way. And I thought, whoever invented this, I need to recommend their ingenuity, yeah. creativity, and you know, it's not a big world problem, but they were clever to create something like that. So, do you ever think that in your day-to-day life you do a lot of things in a way that's too like more cumbersome than it has to be? And oh if yeah. You just stop for a second. No question. But you're just kind of you're dug in though. You yeah. Can't, Right. Yeah. So take the time, solve a problem, yeah. share it with others. Yeah. That's my recommendation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then market that product. And then and make money. Make lots of money. <laughs> right? And yeah. these balloon strips are available at dollar stores and Walmart <laughs> everywhere. I'm going to recommend a book um, called The Road by Cormac McCarthy. I should give Graham a little credit because I think he recommended I read this book years ago. Yeah, I did. And I did. And, and, but I just read it again probably for the third time. And then I've been recommending it to people over the last few weeks. Yeah. I just love love that book so much. It's the way it's written. Um, it's pretty heavy, like dark. Mm-hmm. But the moments between the father As and the McCarthy son. McCarthy tends to be, yeah. Yeah. But it's also, I'd say, very heartfelt. It's just told in a very dark mm-hmm. setting. Didn't the author recently pass away? I think McCarthy? so. He yeah, did. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And you saying that makes me wonder, have, we, have I recommended this no, on a podcast No, I recommended recently? The Crossing, which is another McCarthy book. Okay. And if you like the road, you should try the crossing. Well, I, okay. I remember sharing a story. I made some music videos during COVID for my students. And one of them was a video with my son singing about all the things he couldn't do. And at one scene, he's talking about reading and I have him pretending to read <laughs> yeah. the road. Yes. Like <laughs> yeah. a five-year-old. And only like, I got one message like who caught that. Yeah. Okay. Ludicrousness. But yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's a good book. Yeah. Good recommendation. Great book. I'm John, the guest. Yeah. Hey, John. Hey, John. And, uh, yeah, I want to recommend the Zenvo clip-on macro lens for your iPhone. And oh. I know the new iPhones have some macro function, but this lens is absolutely amazing. And I got one a few months ago, and I go out on my day off and clip it onto my iPhone. And it's teaching me how to see and how to, you know, mm. at a very macro level, uh, engage pollen on bees and the nature of veins on leaves. And really? it's, it's changed my perceptions in terms of uh, being attentive to the world. Wow. And so X-E-N-V-O, macro okay. lens, it's like 75 bucks or something. You clip it on your phone. And Is you it like a, it's play. its own case or it just... Yeah, it comes with a little case and a little light, but I don't use the light. But, mm-hmm. the, but the actual lens just does you a 15 times zoom. Mm. And you're, you're engaging a whole universe that, yeah, you would never see, right? With yeah. the naked eye. And, uh, oh, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's fun to play with and it, it really does change your perceptions, makes you a bit more aware, awake in your world hmm. yeah cool wow well, I feel like that recommendation could be foreshadowing <laughs> to our discussion today with John so we can uh, only hope hey yeah, yeah that's really great it was a bit shameless sorry about that <laughs> but I know it's <laughs> awesome we're gonna pitch the beer <laughs> or the band yeah. Yeah. do it I'm gonna do it again later probably so yeah well that's cool. that's our 100th round of recommendations mm-hmm. so that's at least 300 things you can 
do buy yeah. or participate so in. So if we like stop this. doing those, like you really just there's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Right? At least try one. That should be your goal. If you're if you're listening to this and you've never tried any of our recommendations, now's yeah. the time. Conversely, if you've tried all three hundred or four hundred, mm-hmm. come see us and we'll give you a hat. Yeah. yeah. As a prize. <laughs> Tell us your favorite. How about that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, a little pause, gentlemen, and then we will jump in nice. to a conversation. This segment is brought to you by Veldhuizen Construction. They've been building great homes in northern and central Alberta for over 30 years. The Veldhuizen team will guide you step-by-step through the design and build process. Go to veldhuizen.ca or see the show notes to get in touch. We're so excited to welcome and uh, introduce to listeners John Van Sloten. Some of our listeners might be acutely aware of you. In fact, our friends Gary and Sherilyn recommended us to to chat with you. So uh, thanks for being here, John. Uh, John, how about in the past we've kind of recommended or talked about our guests and introduced them and then Tyler went on this new kick of asking them to introduce themselves, but I wonder if we could do like a hybrid of that. So I'll introduce this part. John is an author, a pastor, a presenter, a teacher. Um, He brought with him his newest book, God Speaks Science, as a gift to us, which we're very thankful for. But what what a part of your resume do you want to tell us about that I didn't hit on, John? What part of my resume did you already talk about? The, the, <laughs> the teacher, the author, the pastor. Oh, okay. So, like, yeah. who, who is John who, who outside is John? of those things? Yeah. yeah. Who am I? I'm, I'm just still trying to figure out all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the, the, the thing that draws them all together is John is a guy who wants to know God everywhere, mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. in the deepest ways possible, and therefore engages God's revelation wherever he finds it in heavy metal music, in people's work, in and through the things that science unpacks. Um, the driver is not some abstract conversation about theology and science or pop culture or vocation. It's always, who are you, God, and how can I know you? How are you imaged through science doing its thing, vocation doing its thing, metal doing its thing? Um, so, yeah, that's, that's at my essence who I am and that's what kind of drives all the the roles that have that you've talked about ties it together yeah yeah. is that um, something in your career in your own learning and thinking in your own reading that's always been a part of who you are and what you're interested in is that like a new understanding you come to or how how is that kind of unfolded for you yeah well it depends how far back you go Uh, Mm -hmm. when I was 29 I was a real estate developer in Toronto building shopping centers and was really an SOB business guy who was all about the bottom line and entrepreneur trying to make money and uh, building office buildings and shopping centers. And then uh, a couple things happened, a spiritual kind of uh, confession moment. A pastor asked me how I was doing and I actually told him um, what was happening in my life and it was pretty messed up at the time. And then uh, our third son was born with Down syndrome uh, three months later, and those two events uh, and a whole bunch of stuff that happened in between kind of moved me into a place where I realized just how real uh, this God that I had gone to church and heard about for 30 years was. And, uh, and yeah, some providential stories played out at the time, and I write about it in chapter two of my Metallica book regarding Edward's birth. That that just in the seeing what actually happened there. I I can still remember sitting in a chair in my living room, um, writing the story down and just saying like, holy crap, God, if if this is true, if this is really who you are and how you move in the world and what providence is and your presence is all about, um, I I wanna tell people about it. So something really changed there. And yeah, everything since has been trying to find a way to find the voice to do that and the place out of which to tell that story. That's really cool. That's interesting because I feel like when I've heard similar stories, it almost has an opposite effect, right? When you have an experience that is very difficult or life-changing in the way that you've described, like that almost turns people off from God, right? Whereas for you, it feels like it was very authentically... Oh, I need to learn more about this. Yeah. 
Which yeah. I think that's really cool. And uh, you're talking about the Down syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, kid. Yeah. 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 Really hard. I mean, I'm not painting over that with some kind of spiritual brush and saying that was yeah. easy, but. <clears throat> the night he was born, I ran scenarios of how shitty this was going to be to have a kid with Down syndrome in my life. Yeah. Literal scenarios of when he was eight and he couldn't throw the bowling ball down the lane because none of the disabled kids could do that. They'd have to put bumpers in the gutters. And when he was right. 18, sitting alone in a high school by himself in a cafeteria because who'd be his friend? And when he was 40, rotting away in an institution because his parents were dead and who's going to take care of this man? And literally... Three months later, on a service community service trip in Rochester, New York, I met an eight-year-old boy with Down syndrome who was living on the streets with his mother, Crystal, who was fit and vibrant and beautiful and strong when my son couldn't lift his head off the carpet yet. An 18-year-old two days later who didn't go want to go with us to the Buffalo Aquarium with the other, you know, pejorative servants who are coming you know for a one-off visit with them uh, because he was going to the cottage with his buddies and he, you could tell he had a great personality and lots of friends and then a 40 year old man with down syndrome mm. in church after a church service uh, who mm. made a beeline for me and wrapped his arms around me and i'm bawling my eyes out and his parents are still alive but because of his birth they started uh, a group uh, of 15 or 20 homes for people with disabilities in upstate New York. So every one of my scenarios of how crappy it was going to be was answered directly. Yeah, very specific. Yeah, right. Okay. So I'm going, okay, <laughs> seriously? And, and it wasn't just the this is thatness of that. It was a sense of God's hmm. being in both of those places and God, a timeless God yeah, this is you here and you mm. there, and mm. and this this sense of presence, that that's the part that's motivated everything. That this oh. presence that you have something to do with that in that place in that lab when they look at DNA repair mechanisms, you have something to do with what's happening in the Calgary Saddle Dome at that Metallica concert when they're singing Nothing Else Matters and the whole place feels like church. Yeah. Everyone's got their arms around each other and it's like a lament before God. Um, and, and, and the list has been like countless. Uh, I mean, so many experiences of God, yeah. of God in so many places. So from where you were in Toronto, you said, yeah, the journey to come to Alberta yeah. to become a pastor. Yeah. Was that a pretty quickly realized idea in your mind? Like a, a journey you're going to go on right like yeah. Yeah. in that change? Yeah. Just to up my credentials. So born in Edmonton okay. at the Royal Alex. Okay. Uh, okay. So okay. We're back. Right. Okay. Child, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> went to Toronto uh, <laughs> until age 29. Yeah. Went to seminary pretty quickly okay. um, and then didn't finish seminary, um, but got a call from a church in Calgary said, uh, we're looking for second career people to do a new church, like a new church start. Okay. Uh, they yep. called it a church plant. And so, yeah, I accepted that call and, and then started a church called New Hope Church, which went for right. 22 years. And then I crashed and burned and took three years off, wrote this book. Yeah. And I'm now at another little church trying to make it work called okay. Marta Luke Church. Yeah. And that, sorry, how long did you live? You said, tw- how many years were you at that first church? 22 years? Yeah, 22 years okay. there. And yeah, so I've been yeah. in Calgary for 25 years okay. now. Yeah. yeah. It feels like a homecoming and... Here in Lacombe as well. I mean, it's just yeah. all Alberta boy coming totally. out now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not an Alberta person, but I'm feeling it right now. Feeling the love. Yeah. I mean, am I an Alberta person now? How many it, years has it been? It's got to be like a five years. A timeline you put in where your you're time? just absorbed. Yeah. Into yeah. the population. I'm getting there. You're getting there. You're close if you're not there already. So we've we've changed locations. Mm-hmm. We're in a more intimate space. We're surrounded by pallets of of beer. Um, it's a lot quieter. You probably notice as a listener. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna keep keep rolling with the conversation here. And, and John, I've been wanting to tell you that I really appreciated your book, um, the day Metallica came to church. Mm. I read that years ago. We talked I, about that years ago, you and I. Yeah. I'm oh sure yeah. Even before we had seen you or heard of you mm-hmm. like somehow that book came across our desk yeah and i i remember using it in an english nine or a, a grade nine class that i taught in some way and it's really changed the way i think about god and the way i communicate with others about god so i just wanted to tell you that that, yeah. that was really um inspiring to me the way you communicate it 
yeah, and then I've continued since then. Like I've continued to evolve in the way I think about God and seeing Christ in all things. Hmm. But it's still very, there's a question that comes out of that. Like there's one thing just to acknowledge that God can be everywhere, but discerning what is God and what isn't, I think is the, the difficult part of it. So first of all, thank you. And hmm. also, what do you think about hmm. that? Like the discerning, how do you do it? Well, you're welcome. <clears throat> the book got written pretty much as a recording of something that happened to me, and I thought, i got to get this down. Yeah. So maybe that's a good segue into how, does, how do you discern God's voice? You, it happens. Uh, yeah. uh, looking back, I can see all kinds of things, <clears throat> pardon me, that have grown in me um, that have enabled that to happen more often, um, uh, more numinously, in deeper, more real ways. Things like, basic things like John Calvin teaching that in order to see God in creation, as though creation were theater, you need to wear the Bible like a pair of glasses. And the Bible becomes a lens through which you can recognize God's revelation in the world. So, to the extent that I can know God through the scriptures, I'm better equipped to discern God mm. at work. Sort of see this is that patterns or, or see God's signature moves repeating themselves. <laughs> Today, uh, things that happen in the Old Testament stories or in Jesus's life and teachings. The Holy Spirit, um, and that's the real mystery part, um, can't turn it on, can't really make it happen, um, didn't really uh, do anything to make the Spirit kind of move into my life, but this self-attentive, Spirit-aware uh, curiosity that you take to the world, you kind of expect that the Spirit that Jesus says and promises will live in us is the same Spirit that created everything, that's holding the cosmos, that's holding a Metallica concert, mm -hmm. and everybody there, <clears throat> all of their lives. Um, so, so this... this this attentiveness to the spirit, um, like I said earlier, this uh, a yearning to expect to meet Christ in the moment. So it's not mm -hmm. just it's never just a theological thing or a, an abstract this is that connection, but a real personal. And there's something about carrying that expectation into the moment. Um, having a theological worldview. The reason I wrote the book down was, mm -hmm. if this is true, this is my tradition, my tribe, right, has taught this stuff. This, none of this is new. I keep tripping on Bavink and Kuiper, and I'm going, hey, these guys have arguments that really support what we're doing here in Calgary. Uh, like, it, it's all there, but it was never alive. And, and I grew up in church uh, with hearing this quote from Billy Graham about the CRC. It's like a sleeping giant. If it only woke up, mm. its theological worldview could be transformed. And I feel like it woke up in me. So, yeah, waking up to your own tradition, our tradition that says theologically that God has something to do with all of it. Um, and, and believing that and anticipating and expecting to, to meet him there. And again, <clears throat> it's a meeting. It's always a meeting. And it's, it's always accompanied by tears uh, when I'm writing a sermon on any particular topic or, or engaging God in the lab or any of these places. So, yeah, those are, those are a few of the things that are at play. But there is, uh, again, it's all retrospective. Like, God has done this in my life and I think called me to kind of articulate this way of being and then put it into books so that people can read it and maybe resonate with it and, mm -hmm. and connect in a way that would enable them to do the same. Because <clears throat> one of the big challenges for me is, you know, and I'm sort of moving past Sunday, the, the, restri the, the restrictive model of Sunday being the place that you bring these uh, God's revelation and creation and God's revelation and the Bible together because there's only 52 Sundays a year, and if God's speaking everywhere, <laughs> and there's not a lot of pastors doing this stuff, it's hard to mm -hmm. cover the, the yeah. text, right? Yeah. Um, so the hope is, is that teachers, um, science teachers with the new book, or you know, teachers that are engaging culture and pop culture with uh, Metallica, can have more tools with which to help more of us experience him everywhere, because I think that's what we're supposed to do. And I think that's a foretaste of heaven on earth 
where there won't be a temple, Revelation says, we'll just know him. And your neighbors will know him, and we'll all know God, and know God in and through all things. So, yeah, <clears throat> all of that. Okay. Is there any place that God is not? <laughs> That's what I... Yeah, right. Question. Okay, so now I'm sitting at a boardroom table with uh, Richard Mao, who was the president of Fuller Seminary at the time, and Neil Plantinga, who was the president of Calvin Theological Seminary in California, and we're asking that exact question, right? And uh, <clears throat> Richard Mao says, okay, we're, we're down the hill from the pornography business here in Los Angeles. And, mm -hmm. and you know, is God there, right? And, and if God is, should we even be talking about it, right? Like there are some things in your last show you talked about that. Are there some things that people just can't coalesce around or we can't be har harmonious around? And would right. it be wise to do that? But <clears throat> he went on to argue that, the pornography business is trading on God's good, born in the mind of God, came into being through the the wisdom of Christ, the gift of sex. And mm -hmm. yes, it's a very good creational thing that's being abused and maligned, and people are being abused and maligned, and, and yeah, for all kinds of good reasons in wisdom, you wouldn't preach a sermon about that. Yet, even there... Um, mm -hmm. So you read Metallica. How many times did I use those words? Even yep. there, mm -hmm. at a that guy, I was surprised at that Metallica concert when that lament moment happened mm -hmm. uh, with that song. And I have been surprised in more places, at more edges, in very real, what feels like Christ-like ways. So, and and you know, theologically, if if. If, if he's really making all things new, then, yeah, that's going to go right things. into the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Even where, you know, and there are places where I shouldn't go and don't go, but um, it's, it's a hard question to answer. Is there... There's nothing that is purely evil. Evil isn't even a thing. Evil corrupts always something that was good. Mm. Um, and Augustine, I think, said that, uh, you know, there's nothing that has none of its original innate created good right. totally that that totally disappears so is that little bit of good that's left in in a place where you maybe think you shouldn't go as a theologian or a person of faith worth going there for and i would argue that well i think jesus would go there for it <clears throat> but i'm not jesus so i can't go everywhere and yeah, right. preaching on yeah. seven-car Texas Hold'em that one time I did, you know. <laughs> uh, seven-car Texas Hold'em, a game, and this was when it was taking off during one of the sports strikes, right? And all yeah. of a sudden, everyone's yeah. watching poker, right? And uh, a game that where, where basically you, are, you can win a, a disproportionately huge pot based on a high-risk act of faith of pushing in. <laughs> it was just, it had to be preached. Hmm. And getting a picture taken with the Calgary Sun with two bullets sticking out of the Bible as a promotion for that sermon? So <clears throat> no, if that was the wisest, <clears throat> the wisest way to go. And you know, somebody came to the church, some people came, and they protested. And yeah. a guy stood up on the chair at the church service and said, "This guy's a heretic, and everybody mm. who's a real Christian should follow me out of the building." And then you have that moment of pause where you're going, "Oof, this oh, could be the moment where everybody walks out of the building," wow. and they didn't. But yeah. So that wasn't necessarily wise to have done that and done it that way. So I think there's a there's a how that informs the where. Right. I was going to ask you, John, just in that vein, um, the Metallica book was, how many years ago did you write that book? 2010. Okay. So a ways. Yep. Do you ever look back on it and think, I wish I'd phrased something in a different way? Do you look back at your work like that? Um I look at back at my, my whole life that yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if when I drive away from this podcast, oh, <laughs> if only. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah all the time. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, uh, is this, are we in the confession segment already here? Uh, no, no, Preview. no. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, uh, my personality is, is kind of getting into people's grills sometimes a little too uh, directly um, mm -hmm. and not with grace. Yeah. And and so I would pull back, not the topical choice and mm -hmm. not the theological connections and not the beautiful revelation of God that has often come. Those are all good. I would go and double down and do those again and again. But but yeah, the <clears throat> yeah, 
how it was pushed out and how hard it was. I was I was interviewed on CBC last year, two years ago, about our COVID uh, vaccination policies in the church and all the conflict right. was happening at the time. And uh, and I did the interview on the morning morning show and and <clears throat> the David Gray, the uh, the interviewer, was so surprised that I wasn't smashing the people who disagreed with me on the other side and that I was choosing to sort of recognize their better angels and where this is coming from and not doing the polarized yeah. thing which was hyper polarized at the time and he was he was cool. he was yeah he called it out and then he started pastoring me on air in Calgary uh, the CBC right which isn't normally into church uh, right. or supporting no. pastors um but by taking the right tone, something got communicated that that more direct in your grill approach. Um, well, yeah. that's, that's something that hmm. in, I mean, just our world at this point, like there's a lot of people saying things that I agree with or are loving or Christ-like. But by saying it, you kind of evoke a reaction, right, that is hateful or on the opposite end of it, right? So the way you say it, and I think this is what you're saying, the way you say things is becoming more and more important, I think, because we are hyper-polarized, and it's hard to bring it back, like to bring it to a, a middle place where you have to think about who, who's hearing this conversation, right? Like yeah. an outsider, like for if you, especially if you're talking about something that you don't have any kind of skin in the game, yeah. right? You're talking about something, you're presenting a, an idea, and then the reaction is equally strong. Sometimes we, we engage, and then we talked about this on the last episode too, where there's a little bit of like fun in that sport, hmm. but you have to think about the, the consequences right. of it. How, how do you discern, <clears throat> pardon me, God, uh, God's revelation in the world? One of the things I didn't list was by loving what you're looking at. Um, hmm. Can what has been made a person or a city or something in nature in creation can what has been made in love be discerned in any other way but love right so in the second book uh, every job of parable i quote the latin fathers who say ubi amor ibi oculus where there is love there is seeing so yeah, when I try to control my tone or not say it or, or bridle my tongue, a.k.a. the book of James, doesn't really work. And, and I don't know. I mean, it works a little bit. But when I'm loving the other person, and then I don't, my tone is in check. Mm -hmm. Like one of you guys said in the last episode, you just want it to be your character, right? That you're engaging the world this way and are this kind of person. And I think that you know, in a theological context, is Christ, right? Christ in you mm -hmm. being that way. I wish we had video, right, <laughs> from 2,000 years ago so we could mm -hmm. go to school on the tone. But, but if the evidence of people's response in terms of those who found love and didn't feel judged through Christ is, is true, then the tone must have been filled with love. Mm -hmm. There must have been a profound sense of, yeah. One thing, John, you said about evil that I maybe it's the way I heard it, but um, that it wasn't like a creative force, but the corruption of something that was created good. I'm wondering just your take on kind of um, like competing voices. So if you're discerning to hear God's voice and you're hearing it in culture and in through work and science, the, are, what are competing voices or are there or is there such a thing uh, that might draw us away from like the truth or you know, be distracting maybe or lead us in a way that is to, to a place that isn't what God had intended. Yeah, and to think that there isn't would be foolishness and to think you're not susceptible to making the mistake, reading it wrong. So I'm sitting now in a staff meeting 15 years ago or whenever Coldplay's song 
Viva La Vida or whatever mm-hmm. it was called, mm-hmm. um, yeah. came out. And, 2006? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> there you go. No, later than <laughs> that. Dating sure. ourselves. Yeah. Anyway, I heard it and, and just the triumphal nature of it. And I was hearing echoes of this and that. And I said in the staff meeting, I think this song is all about this and that. And and uh, uh, a music guy in our church, Gary Strom, kind of chimes in and goes, mm, I don't think so. Hmm. And you know, he's a musician, right? <laughs> Classic he, Gary. He understands. <laughs> Gary understands, yeah. but but at the time, a musician understands the genre. Here's a pastor who's never really been into music the way he was, and this fellow member of our faith community brought a corrective word hmm. to the discernment of God's revelation hmm. in that thing. So now I'm thinking about prophets, right? And they traveled in the Old Testament in tribes, right? They mm-hmm. they were troops. And, and how much of the prophesying uh, exercise was done as a collective endeavor. So <clears throat> I would think that, you know, the four of us around the table talking about a particular thing and spending, if you spent an episode kind of trying to discern where those lines are between where God is at work in a thing and not at work in a thing, where the corruption is happening, that it happens in community uh, mm-hmm. is, is crucial for that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, for me, that that happens. That that has happened so many times with the science book, right? So here, I'm a pretty creative guy and got a big imagination. And so a scientist says something, and then I just go and take off with it. And that means this and da da da. And every, I've heard from almost every scientist I've worked from. Well, John, I I, I wouldn't go that far, right? Uh-huh. And and it was good. It was mm-hmm. they were good correctives. Uh, when I wrote the science book and met with a biologist about the book, and I was just telling him over coffee what it, what it was about, and I said, this revelation here and this place in creation is God's revelation here in Isaiah 35, and he's going, ah, is, um, exactly, hmm. like he said, for me, it, they kind of rhyme with each other. They echo okay. each other. Um, they reflect each other. And yeah, th- those are more gracious humble words, you know, so back to always being so mm-hmm. definitive or overly right about things or aggressive about things. So that that helps, and it helps cover over a multitude of <laughs> when you get it wrong, right? Like it feels like it echoes. Then all of a sudden there's room for, in the saying, for being wrong or more information coming in the future. I always am deathly afraid of something that you've written in a book and then, you know, 10 years later, all of a sudden, James Hetfield mm-hmm. is a pedo- pedophile or something like Sorry, James. But, I mean, something bad <laughs> happens about somebody, and you sure, were going sure. seeing, seeing God there? Yeah, like, yeah. like, you're in trouble. Um, but that I should have that fear of God in the very exegetical moment of trying to discern what God is saying there. So, doing it but, collectively with that, <clears throat> and then relying on the community afterwards to... to Kind of, in fact, you guys, you guys are all waving. Sorry. They're all waving so at hand, someone. Hands here, blind man. Checking if we want another drink. Yeah. Uh, I think they want another drink. Just give them a thumbs up. Behind John, yeah. And then afterwards, uh, I think there's a kind of, how do you know? Well, uh, 200 scientists at a conference this summer got a copy of that book, huh. and they're now reading it. And That's so cool. I will know, yeah, and right. we will know. And so which is kind of cool for a science book because they always send their ideas out for peer review. Mm-hmm. So now the book is out for peer review, right. except we pub- published it already. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but so far... The, Could be a second edition. Yeah, but so far... the Yeah, right. <laughs> Could be all the corrections. John, when did, when did science become such a sort of passion for you, like along the way? Like, was it always an interest for you as a topic? No. Where did N- that come no from? No undergraduate actually? degree. Yeah. Well, back to our starting point, right? Yeah. If creation... If, if this was made by God, and it's a text through which God self-reveals, then I want to be reading the book. Um, yeah. and, and a church that had, at the time, scientists in it. So, we had an epi- epigenetics researcher in the church who was studying that at U of C, and so I said, let's do a sermon on that. We had a kidney doctor, a nephrologist in the church, let's do a sermon on the kidney. Um, we had a n- neural stress-reducing mechanism researcher a young woman in our church, let's do a sermon on that. And when we did that one, um, uh, I preached the sermon the same week that her article came out in Nature Neuroscience, Mm. and it was so problematic for her because people were finding the church service before they were finding her article. 
at Nature and Neuroscience. Okay, so for your listeners, okay, they were all kind of listening in, but then the beers came, and it's like... <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> that one up. voices. Great voices, John. <laughs> I try my best not to look over at them. <laughs> and anyway... Um, so there were scientists there, and I was printing a lot of people's jobs, and they just happened to be people who worked in the field okay. of science. But you know, thinking about it now, this whole series of books, I often wonder if it would have been better the other way around, because mm. God and creation, people go for that. Um, the faith, Christians do anyway. They don't, they don't feel offended by that, or not like God and Seven Card Texas Hold'em, or Metallica, or, or movies, or films. I so. do feel like there's... A lot of Christians who see science and God not in the same way you do, right? right. Like not as telling the same story. Yeah. Um, so when you say that you've got a bunch of scientists reading this book, are those? I'm I'm just curious. Are those Christian scientists? Are they? And I don't even really like using that. Which doesn't mean Christian science, by the way, which is a different. No, I don't even like using that that phrase because I actually think anyone who's studying science, whether they are a Christian or not, yeah. are learning about God. Yeah. Um, but like these, have you had any feedback from? This is gonna be confusing. Christian scientists who push back against the way you're communicating this like you can't bring these things to these two things together um n no not the people that i'm bumping into and not yet um okay. that that may come as it starts to get out into the world i'm i'm more concerned about scientists who aren't scientists of faith of a christian faith tradition who are reading this and going here you Christians go again, using our good sphere of science huh. for your proselytizing, trying to bring God into everything. Um, that, that kind of pushback may happen. Um, and there, there are some, there are not a lot of scientists of faith who would disagree with <clears throat> almost everything uh, would be in this book. I don't think they've done it before, though. Um, right. That's, that's, so this worldview idea that, you know, we've got this great idea that God is speaking everywhere and we can engage God everywhere in our life and our life is surrounded by parables and what would it be like to live that life? A lot of those scientists, Christians from other faith traditions, they're having that kind of aha moment and saying this is going a little bit deeper and it's a little more personal and a little more relational and are intrigued by that so far. You wait, I'll check my email on yeah. the way home. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> well, maybe. That's what he meant. He's a prophet. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe even not Christian scientists, but Christians who lean, put more, they, they hold the, the Bible, like the written text, much higher than understanding mm -hmm. the created the world. The revealed, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Maybe so, that's more what I was imagining. Like, yeah. Not necessarily professional scientists, but like people it's not who, in the book, so yeah, they're just not doesn't it's not really yeah, covered. Yeah, yeah, except it is in the book. Um, in the beginning, God created everything. Yeah. Uh, John, <laughs> sort of John, chapter one: yeah. everything was made through Christ. All things, nothing that was made uh, was made apart from Christ. Yeah. Colossians one, Hebrews one, verse two. Like the scriptures are the strongest witness to. Yeah. That the fact that God speaks through creation and we ought to be engaging it. Um, but to your question, I think what's happened is that science has, in the, especially in the last, uh, say, century, stepped out of its lane. And instead of being this beautiful empirical lens with which to weigh the data and unpack creation, it's, it's, it's taken on philosophical leanings and theological leanings, you know, therefore there is no God, a.k.a. Dawkins, and, and, and is starting to talk about things that, that really science, science is good at the how. Um, it's not good at the why. Um, and right. so science, when it steps out of its lane, they call that scientism. And right. yeah, this, this book is, is kind of filled with pure science, right? Like the, the basic science. We're not, we're not taking on the arguments of scientism that says that science has every answer for everything. Because every scientist I've talked to, uh, atheist, agnostic, or person of faith, knows that they don't what they don't know yeah we can't yeah. say that we can't say that about yeah. origins yeah. we we can't argue that and, and this they, is the limit of what this is the limit of our yeah. knowledge right i think some of the, the highest experts in any field know what they don't know right like that's 
part of being an expert yeah in any field yeah 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 so huge humility there yeah. right and and to be honest that's been i've gone to school on that um because I feel like such a neophyte and absolutely petrified, right? Doing this science stuff because, like, I can't pronounce half the words. Like, I will go online and, you know, find out how apoptosis apoptosis yeah. is pronounced. Mm -hmm. Somebody had to shout it out in in a sermon. Apo, and some scientist shouts out how to pronounce it. <laughs> Didn't yeah. say you dummy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you're, you're kind of treading on and unpacking a text that you are not the expert in, right? So I find I'm leaning on the scientist, depending on their wisdom, mm, yeah. in a humbling, a community building, yeah. um, enriching. It's a better message. Like tomorrow's sermon, I'm interviewing the science live. So all we're talking about here is not going to be pre-done and put into a 22-minute sermon for everybody to digest in a monologue. They're going to watch it happen trying to answer your question, how do we discern mm -hmm. God in our lives? Well, this is, let's watch it happen, and then let's participate afterwards by yeah. asking questions ourselves, and, and we'll see where it goes. It's like totally out of control. Um, the inner control freak in me is so tense about whether mm -hmm. that can actually work, but it, 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 if the Spirit's involved in all things, and all things include tomorrow morning, then God has it in hand, so chill out, and Let's see what happens. Well, we usually like to wrap up our discussions with um, tying it into our podcast and what we try to model. And um, so if we're going to move forward harmoniously, John, um, how... Can we have conversations about this without creating division? That's kind of our mission statement. Hmm. It's our shtick. Our shtick. Well, that's an easy question. Okay. Well, <laughs> yes. oh, <laughs> wrap it up. Yeah, of course not. But, <laughs> but I mean, if, 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 if what we're talking about, that God is involved in all things and is is the creator of all things and any person you've ever met is made in the image of God and as C.S. Lewis wrote in one of his books um, were we to see that person in their glory we'd be tempted to fall on our knees and worship them um, if, if that person that we're disagreeing with who has a different worldview, a different world faith a different way of living their life loving in their life if if they are that, and they are people uh, who not only image God in their created nature, but for whom God uh, would do anything, um, did everything, um, a person through whom God's Spirit is inspiring dreams uh, and gifts and passions uh, that enable our communities to flourish where they work in terms of what they contribute, um, in terms of how they parent, in terms of how they partner um, in their relationships. If God has something to do with all of that and so much more in their lives, and we were better at attending to God's revelation through all things in all places, especially where we disagree with people, then I would argue that would be a big, big first step in terms of hmm. stopping with what you so definitively think you know, like listening longer, more attentively. Like I do this with all these things. I spend hours and hours, 10, 12, 15, 20 hours trying to study something, leaning in to try to discern God's voice. Uh, can you imagine having that kind of patience um, and yearning to find God's good in that disagreeing voice or that thing in the world? And and, and then maybe the conversation getting to the point because you've been so attentive and quiet and a different kind of person in terms of their relationship with a person of faith, a Christian, they ask a question that opens a conversational mm -hmm. door that leads to a gracious, harmonious middle place that you never could have got to apart from that. So could the fact that God's glory is residing in and behind the things that offend us most that it's there, could that change that? Uh, I mean, that, I, I would stop. I would wait longer. I would 
I would love a little bit more. I would be able to do what you guys were talking about last episode again, right? That you can disagree with things and still be in community together and respect these people as people, as God's people. I'd, I'd be able to do that uh, a lot more. And maybe going further with the idea, if you, if you actually heard God's voice through the person you disagree with most, saw it revealed in, say, a moment where they were parenting or caring for their neighbor or serving in their job, and you saw that in its glory for what it is, like, it would experience God through them. That would, that would be transformative. I'll, I'll give an amen to that. <laughs> I mean, that about wraps it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. The awkward for pause. The entire podcast. <laughs> That's a mic drop moment. Yeah. Hmm. Thanks for articulating that. Hmm. Well, guys, what do you what do you think? Should we um, temporarily end our conversation? Yeah, that's a good place. And jump into some. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's that's a really good. Yeah, I like we. Have, I think we all have places we could go with that, mm-hmm. but knowing where we're at with this episode and our podcast, like that's a very good kind of stopping point. I think. Mm-hmm. Just we and for listeners who listened to the last episode and and John, we really appreciate that you've listened to it and you're kind of speaking to what mm-hmm. we said in the last episode. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's uh yeah, Chris said like a mic drop moment. So mm-hmm. it's not that we don't want to continue. I think it's just yeah. we want to let that sit a little and, and yeah, right you said it better than we can say it. Oh so. wow, no kidding. And then we'll pick it up and. Week eight of the new format or something. Yeah, sure. <laughs> this Love conversation to. isn't yeah. finished yet, yeah, is yeah. it? No, that's right. It's not. Uh, we we have a, a guy floating around here with a microphone. Yeah. Hopefully getting uh, messages for us, confessions for us that we'll tack on to the episode. I don't even know what we're going to get. So right. It might not Could be, be a mess. Could be a mess. In fact, I think he made a fart sound the <laughs> yeah, f- as soon as he got the mic. <laughs> yeah, he's not... He's reliable, but he's also not. He's like, not a but, child. But, but, but we need mature. to find, we need to see Christ in him. Yes. And, yes. And we do. Hey, Tyler. And we do. I do. Um, so we'll take a pause and we will come back with our signature seri- um, segment, mm-hmm. Confessions. Hmm. Uh, do you have a confession for us, John? I have multiple okay. confessions. Well, <laughs> awesome. but I'll, I'll choose one. We yeah. can record a whole bunch and just, you know, throughout the year. <laughs> have like a, yeah, attack yeah. one on at the end of each episode. And this is our last confession for 100 episodes. I'm excited about it. You have a good one, guys? Meh. As good as usual. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. Sometimes when you're with your buddies, <laughs> you just want to <laughs> confess things. Yeah. Guys, it's the 100th episode, so here's my confession. Mm-hmm. Okay, It's a little bit of a, it's a, it's a real confession, but I think it's kind of funny. So I was working in Vancouver. I got a physics degree from UBC, and I was like, all right, I'm going to go get a job. And then I got a job in construction because there was nothing in physics. So I was building horse <laughs> arenas in Abbotsford and Chilliwack. Hmm. It was a fun job, actually. I Using it. angles and stuff, though. Oh, yeah. Cutting wood and nailing things. It was great. <laughs> Um, good job, but I didn't have a vehicle, and so my boss would pick me up at this bus stop. It was like a th- two-and-a-half-hour commute every day from the city. It was ridiculous. Anyway, guys, the, the confession is that um, my boss, I think, was smoking pot a lot throughout the day. I could kind of, you know, he was a small crew. He was a nice guy. I liked working there, but I Chill in the afternoon. Very chill. <laughs> and he would ask me to partake, and, and I did not want to. I was not comfortable with that ever. Um, no judging. I just didn't really want to. And then we finished a really big job, this huge horse arena and stables, and I was so proud of it. And he was like, hey, let's just, would you have some? And I said, okay. Spark a dube Come together. on, I guess you're my boss <laughs> and you're paying me. So, But then while we were in his van uh, doing that, he, he said, hey, like, by the way, like, I don't know if I want to keep picking you up every day. Um, can you get a vehicle? And I said, I don't, I don't know, I have, have a lot of money. I'm paying off my loans from this degree that I'm clearly doing nothing with at this point. <laughs> And he said, well, I got a buddy with a car that someone got fixed in a shop in Surrey. They've never picked it up or paid for it. It's been sitting there for a year. He'll sell it to you for, for 600 bucks, whatever it was. Do you want to buy the car? And I, at that point, I felt pretty good. Yeah, you were going to say yes yeah, to a lot of things. Yeah, that's a good deal. I'll buy a car <laughs> from sense. your friend in Surrey. So after work that day, he dropped me off very high. I, I, I did not smoke pot at all. Still don't, but back then especially. And I was very much 
high and he dropped me off at this at this garage in Surrey, BC, not a nice area of Surrey. And uh, I had I'd stopped and gotten cash. <laughs> Walked up to the, and my boss just drove away. He's like, good luck with this. Wow, super sketchy. <laughs> so I went into this, this shop and this guy came out and he seemed kind of mad at me for being there. And he's like, you want this car? Like, I need more than this. And it was not a good scene. And I was kind of, you know, freaking out a little bit. Right. So I gave him yeah. the cash. He's like, threw me the keys. He's like, it's yours. And he, and he left. <laughs> It was like nighttime now. It was dark. Did you get a bill of sale? And, I, <laughs> and so now I have this 1997 um, green turquoise Dodge Neon. Oh, nice. And uh, I sat in it. It had like no gas in it. I did, and at that point, I was like, what am, I, what am I doing? I was very regretful. What have I done? What have I done? I don't know how to get home. I didn't have a phone with a map on it. I didn't know how to get back to the city where I lived and in, in, um, close to UBC. Anyway, uh, bought this car. Drove back. It ran out of gas right in front of my house. Like I just came to a stop running out of gas, literally in front of my house. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day I had to pick up the pieces. That's what I'd just done. Anyway, that's that's the story. I just It's embarrassing because that was my first car I ever bought with my own money. Yeah. Um, funny story at, at, um, attached to the car. I had it for quite a few years. Met my current wife in it. Impressed her pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but at one point the window... Still got, had that pot smell. No. <laughs> <laughs> that scared me away forever. But it, it had a CD player post oh. installed. But uh, the, the one funny thing about the car was I, the window got smashed out once parked downtown. And so I went to a wrecker yard to get it replaced and opened the door panel to put the new window in. And a hard drive fell out of the, the door. Like a, like, a, like a computer hard drive was in the door of this sketchy car I got. Tell me you searched so it. So it was in my closet for quite a while. I was scared of what it was, but I was also curious. So I kept it around. And then finally, I thought, I got to see what's on this thing. But also very wary of what I may find. And so my buddy, yeah. shout out to Jim, uh, gave me a, he's a computer guy, so we, we hooked it up and loaded it up. And uh, I wish there was a better ending to the story. <laughs> it, it was corrupted. Oh, okay. And uh, he, he just said, by the looks of it, it's, you should just throw it away. Like, from what he could tell, it was not a good thing to be to have. Hmm. Oh, well, you were in possession of that for a long time. I was you for quite a while with this Dodge Neon. Um, funny story. maybe why it was so cheap. It was very cheap. But it got me through a few years in Vancouver. It was sweet. Mm. So thank you to Regan for getting me high <laughs> and selling me his friend's car in Surrey. Um, eventually, the car stopped working, and so we took it to my father-in-law's backyard, and we shot it up with guns. Oh, then, cool. Yeah. It was a good Also a confession. It. We could throw yeah. one of those pictures on our Instagram, actually. There's a good picture of us. Me standing Shooting the neon. Yeah. Cathartic experience. But uh, wow. John, hope that's okay, that story. Uh, I, saw mine. <laughs> I saw Christ all the way through that story. <laughs> but it was a sweet car. I met Heidi. Um, I it couldn't, led you to your it wife. It did, and and you know what? The window was smashed out, and I taped up plastic over till I could get it fixed. But because it had no door window frame, it was taped to the the body of the car, so you couldn't actually yeah. open the door for a few months. So she had to climb through my side. That's true love, right there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's and you love. always let her out first. I always know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, so man. anyway, that's the car I bought um, while I was high. The car story. Didn't know what I was doing that day. It was a really awful drive to, <laughs> to Vancouver. Chris, do you want to go next? <laughs> okay. I'm, uh, <clears throat> I, I should ask you. We, we did a mm-hmm. recording of a, with a, a person who had done some research on addiction. And yes. even though that mm-hmm. didn't come out, no. uh, we did get to experience that conversation with him. And so I maybe need your help to tell me if I'm addicted to the game Polytopia, which is okay. a game. Well, if you're still playing it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I need to know. It's on my phone. It yeah, is I'm like it Minecraft-like <laughs> imaging. It is a very simple, like I'm talking very simple, like kind of world-building conquest it's game. A, it's a decent game. You played it? Oh, yeah. I've played it with my like, students. Before. So Tyler told me about it and I think Mike McCorkadale at the time and I like <laughs> I play bus. it all like I play it a lot like too much and why I don't know I've downloaded other games to try to get myself off it like Candy Crush <laughs> or like Mortal Kombat on my phone just so that I'll stop playing Polytopia but I keep coming back to Polytopia so I'm looking at it here it looks kind of neat like it looks kind of colorful and but there's nothing more to do I've beat the game I've succeeded okay. like is it a free to play free to play they want you to little bits of money here and there they, they, ask for they it? Yeah. there yeah. are ways you yeah. can they monetize it but yeah. why do I keep playing this I don't understand and it am I addicted it, Tyler you've answered that really quickly <laughs> so that's all I needed to know it's probably time to get rid of the okay. app 
No, it's you're okay. admitting to a video game addiction. That's why we're here, Chris. Yeah. We love you still. Uh, okay. Um, That's good. But you better stop. Okay. Thanks. It says 20 million downloads, so it's a popular game. That was me 10 million <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs> tried to quit over and over. Yeah, go back to it every time. Um, well, Tyler, you got one? Yeah. Me? I'll keep it, keep it brief. Um, the first car I drove was a Dodge Neon. Oh, and I, I thought it was really cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's my confession. Oh, okay. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I don't have much to confess. That's cool. Today. Yeah, thinking that's of Dodge Neon School is a confession. Yeah, like I, yeah. I was like, and that's, I mean, it was kind of a joke, but yeah. like I did think of it. I mean, everyone probably thinks their first car was oh. amazing. Mm-hmm. But mine was a Dodge Neon, and it was actually my parents. They just let me drive it, but I was quite proud of it. I thought mm-hmm. it was. Uh, what color uh, was it? White. Okay. But it had an aftermarket CD player. Yeah, mine, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Honestly, the fact that it had that and it worked was all I needed. Yeah. yeah. But I remember the windows. Like, there's no door frame nope. out there. Window frame. No, yeah. just... Um, mine was that Vancouver Grizzlies green. You know what I mean? Oh, Especially yeah. that green. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they yeah. had some interesting colors, the yeah. neon. They called it the big country green. That's right. Big country yeah. green. Yeah. I was going to make a joke. It couldn't jump, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he came to my big high school once Brian in Prince Reeves. River, B.C., <laughs> For like a like a motivational speech, he went to some small town where I lived. Came wow. to my high school. Was he motivational? No, he looked like he wanted to be anywhere else oh, in the yeah. world. Oh yeah, but he threw down the, a huge dunk. All the kids asked was, "Do a dunk, do a dunk, do, do a dunk. dunk." So finally, he just walked over and just like barely jumped off the ground, just bloop, and that was it. Very underwhelming. Huh. Anyway, yeah. as underwhelming as his career, John, do you have my a confession? confession. <clears throat> this is the hardest part for me thinking about mm-hmm. this. You know, what do you share? What don't you share? And mm-hmm. yeah. But to, yeah, to add a, a ganja bracket to our <laughs> confessional time. <laughs> <laughs> That's not normal. As a, as a, as awesome. a teenager, when it yeah. you know, wasn't legal in Canada, that was a big part of my life and mm-hmm. uh, my lack of high school attendance. Um, so big part changed. I had this great story of transformation long before my wife married me. You got to stop with that. Mm-hmm. I stopped with that finished, left it behind, but it was always kind of a sinful, evil thing, right? Uh, And would never go there again. So fast forward to three months ago, and a guy is uh, dealing with his wife's cancer diagnosis and wants to know if I can come over and visit. And I know he's got a, you know, he's a strong marijuana proponent, and it's now legal, so nothing wrong with that, Mm -hmm. if it's good for him. But but I go to his house, and uh, and he brings me into his workshop, and uh, he, uh, well, a, fr- a young member of the church afterwards said, he was hotboxing you, <laughs> which was, uh, yeah. the guy was like smoking a joint while I'm there pastorally visiting with him, mm-hmm. right? But I'm cool with it, and I knew that was part of it, right? Anyway, the confession, I guess, is... Uh, I'm not a really strong pastor, but I could have stayed there all day helping this man yeah. kind of process his stuff, right? Because <laughs> he needed help. He needed a he needed a listening ear, right? He what needed me to, to be say? there. Yeah. <laughs> and so anyway, <laughs> I didn't partake, but yeah. I mean, you're in the same room, right? Yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. You were in a car with this guy? This was in his van. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah, smaller thing. This was yeah. a bigger space. Anyway, yeah. that happened. <laughs> and and I confess that was kind of weird, right? You thought yeah. it was all yeah. done and yet, and now, you know, it's kind of legal, right? And yet you're 62 and you're a pastor and you're writing books. I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Anyway, I got a yeah. note from him yesterday and he's got another serious pastoral need and... Yeah. Can You're we just going to take your what? bike this time. <laughs> what? What? That I'll I even, this is the confession. This is yeah. the confession. That I even have the thought. Yeah. Like, would it go that way again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long would I stay? So, yeah. so you think, you know, something evil, right? And you've dropped it and not going to, not evil, right? I mean, just no. not your thing no, it's, now, it's, right? It, yeah. it, it, law of the land. But, mm-hmm. but still, things that you think you've walked away from that still have a little kind of invitational. Mm. Lure, yeah, and, a bit of a hold, yeah. and yeah, a bit of a hold, right? Yeah. Okay, now I've got a few confessions. Tyler's <laughs> yeah. got you wrote them all down. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, awesome, thanks, John. Yeah, guys, how do you feel? 100 episodes, shall we stop? Yeah, okay, <clears throat> like no. this episode, this episode, maybe, oh, yeah. but okay. not the podcast in general. No, 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 no. no. we don't really know what's going to happen next. You will have to stay tuned to listeners to where yeah. we go next. A few new things coming. So yeah, we're gonna experiment a bit. Yeah, yeah. See how it goes. But the plan is the same. We're gonna keep coming out every couple of weeks. We're gonna keep rolling. 
Yeah. We have our new sponsors, yeah. and so we're just going to keep on. Yeah. Chris, yeah. if somebody has enjoyed all 100 episodes and they really want to ask us a question, tell yeah. us whatever, what do you think? Maybe you want to go back to 50 or 72 or sure. 98. Uh, HarmoniousGentleman at gmail.com is a great place for you to send your queries. We'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And you should interact with us on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. And anywhere you can find us. Yeah. If you see us in the real world, say hi. Yeah. Yeah. And John, usually we have our guests, like we have a time for them to plug anything they want to plug. You've got your book. You can talk. Maybe What's it called? It again. You've yeah. referenced it a few yeah. times. What? Your God, book. God yeah. Speaks. God Speaks Science. Yeah. Hold on. <clears throat> I always get this. What a ridiculously title. awesome cover, by the way. Yeah. I, I think love this is that great. God, God Speaks Science, What Neurons, Giant Squid, and Supernovae Reveal About Our Creator. Hmm. So I've already been plugging it a little bit with some of the hmm. stuff we talked about. But yeah, what does it mean to engage God through, these are the chapters, right? Through uh, radiation therapy and the nature of radiation physics, right? So you mm-hmm. took a physics background mm-hmm. uh, through knees and fossils and giant squid and wound healing and tree branches and river hydrology and all hmm. that stuff that cool. you'd expect in a book like this. Yeah. And thank you for our copies, by the way. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. No, my yeah. pleasure. Cool. Well, Thanks Ty, why don't you here. send us out? The only way you know how. <laughs> <laughs> this has been uh, episode 100 yeah. of Chris. I noticed your voice just got... I know. Really that's the way I know. CBC radio there. Yeah. I was trying oh, really hard to wrap this gentleman. up. Can we, I'm sorry. Before we go, can we just say a <laughs> giant thank you to people who listen to the podcast? Mm-hmm. Because I never, ever thought we would do 100 episodes of this. No. And I think I'm only doing it because people still listen and talk to me about it. Yeah. Well, I like doing it too, Tyler. <laughs> I like you guys. <laughs> but it's incredible. You mean like we would have replaced you or? Yeah. or no, you I, I think I, it's just. That's your motivating factor. Yeah, it keeps me coming back. Maybe yeah. John's auditioning to take over for Tyler. That's right. I was gonna, are we <laughs> we'll still talk. talking after Tyler? <laughs> you sure can. Okay. I just want to say that. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. And yeah. So we'll see you uh, on, in 101. Yeah. Yeah. On the harmonious gentleman. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Harmonious gentleman. <laughs>